0: Within the heart of the Ethereum, two fucking dumbasses come in to review movies. Welcome back to JumpGut, everybody. We're here to talk about <laughs> <laughs> movies.
1: <laughs> yeah, movies. Uh, it's Spaceships, it's space, just that sort of thing as well. For those yeah, of you who yeah. don't know, we review movies and talk about them on this podcast. And today, from that beautiful intro, you can tell we're doing Treasure Island.
0: Treasure Planet. Not Treasure Island. It's Treasure the same planet. Thing. Same it's thing. It's not the same thing. I it's I, I wa- actually thing.
1: watched Treasure Island, but I'm going to be talking about <laughs> Treasure Planet today. So oh to hell yeah, brother. Okay, wait.
0: This is good. We should do that. We
1: should do that. Um, we should. So, okay. My favorite part was when the uh, the the pirate ship found the island. Or uh, sorry, pirate <laughs> ship found the destination.
0: Is that <laughs> my is that good? My, my favorite part of the movie was when the main characters reached their destination.
1: <laughs> I, I bet my my favorite part was the dramatic scene in the crow's nest. That was we also should a introduce good one.
0: ourselves as the main characters for this podcast. You know, I'm. uh <laughs> We got our. uh We got to credit ourselves. You know what I'm saying? I'm
1: your he's, co-host. He's, I Hashem. think he's. I think he's stalling for time right now, trying to come up with a a good a good uh, pirate name. I so am. In the meantime. I'm going to come up My name up is with, Swashbuckling uh, swash, Jabe. Swashbuckling. Fuck, are you kidding me? <laughs> Get the fuck out of my head, bro. Do we only know one word for pirates and it's swashbuckling? Scallywag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ragtag Rodriguez in the in the far east corner. And, uh, I love that. Wait, East. Ashen. East West. East? Yeah, I guess West yeah, Coast now. Yeah. Yeah, my bad. God damn it. Sorry, I Either miss way, the East Coast. It's, it's tears in my eye. Listen,
0: we are here. Yeah, we're clear. We're talking about movies. You know, this is my pick this this oh year. Oh my god, this, this intro is shit.
1: Week. Hey, Shut up. Hey, listener, why are you still listening? This is incoherent. No, what are we even listening. talking about?
0: They're listening because they appreciate us. You know, we give them good content now and That's then. True. You know, sometimes. <laughs> I think our episode on John Wick was pretty good. (laughs) And it's been downhill ever since. Everyone.
1: (laughs) They say our podcasts are like fruits where you got to like get past the skin because the real good stuff's on the inside. But we're kind of like a pumpkin where it's like mostly bad and then just like very little good on the inside. And even the good is kind of like people have different opinions and it's not always good and seasonal really. So mm-hmm. that's my we come take. Come and
0: go. Sometimes we actually used to be turnips, <laughs> little known fact. That's how similar we
1: are to fucking pumpkins. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. Okay. <laughs> how have you been, Hashem? How's your week been? I'm Let's good. get away I'm from good. this intro and stop having this I'm pressure good. on us.
0: Speaking of pumpkins, I carved some pumpkins last week. So, that, that was sick. Me. What did you carve? Yeah. So, I tried to do Jack Skellington. You know, because Halloween and spooky and all that stupid shit, bro. Oh, that's cool. Pumpkins. Is What's your Tumblr? Hard. All right, listen. There's no need for that. <laughs> Just because I listen to Panic at the Disco and I read books and shit does not mean you got to put me on the spot yeah. like that.
1: <laughs> so how did it end up looking?
0: Uh, it looked really bad. I got the eyes really good. I'll be honest; <laughs> like I'll give myself credit. <laughs> okay. But it's like. The fucking teeth and the mouth was abysmal. I try to do like the... You know how he has like a stitch mouth? So it's like a straight line and you have like dashes across it? Yeah, yeah. The dashes fell apart, so he looks like he's missing teeth. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's but very yeah. difficult to describe.
1: Mm-hmm. But Jack Skellington doesn't have teeth, so it kind of just like throws it all off. Yeah, it does. I it feel good. that. Yeah. Last... Last halloween season i think uh jordine and i carved a minecraft creeper into a pumpkin that was fun hell yeah nice that's and square nice and even i was
0: gonna say that's perfect
1: yeah i feel like we did a good job too but i've never been able to do that pumpkin carving thing where you like shave off the darkest part of the rind so that it like, glows through but you're not looking inside the guts that stuff seems more impressive. You gotta give the fucking pumpkin a fade. <laughs> <laughs> you're acting like you've never seen what I'm talking about. Where you like just shave no, off your
0: No, no, I I understand what you're saying, but it's just the way that you you said shave, and I fucking I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> it made sense in my mind.
1: That's fair. That's fair. I haven't I haven't done much. I'm I'm just hanging out here working from home. I actually no no today just today I did something interesting. At least interesting to me for the first okay. time your boy drilled a hole in a wall ever at, fuck well that wasn't the reaction i wanted i was i was gonna i was waiting for like a congrats good job
0: Woo! Like, good job man time. yo congratulations me, i guess
1: <laughs> <laughs> what 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 type of uh, is this where i get my man card you... do i have enough masculine energy now to like get my man card be appreciated at if the you man can gym. if you can tell me the type of Screw that you used? Then absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, Phillips Robertson's, <laughs> uh, an Eric Andres. Oh, I don't. <laughs> but like, I straight up—it's weird. I've never done it before, and it felt like a crime. And eventually, I think it's drywall. This—it doesn't look like drywall because it's like textured here, but um, pretty sure it's drywall. And so I drilled through it, and you know that shit just gives out halfway through. Like, your drill isn't going through solid the whole time. Eventually, you'll just fucking punch the wall with your drill. And that scared the shit out of me. Because I thought I drilled into the person on the other side of the townhouse's, like, wall. And so I, like, looked through and it was just black. And so I was like, that's probably safe then. Unless they have the lights off. And I kind of just left it like that. But also, I don't think I could drill through someone else's wall by accident. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, um, and now I have usually... above my desk an Ikea pegboard, and I'm very pleased with it. It's level, and it's square, and eventually I'm going to get pegs for it, and I'm going to be able to like hang my headphones and whatnot up there. Okay. um,
0: I have one point, and I hope you take this in the best grace possible. All right, I well, you whatever you're going to say
1: it. next, make sure it's good because it's ending the podcast forever. Let's hear it. <laughs> I think you should look so
0: that you can get it into a stud instead of just the drywall cuz if you're putting up a pegboard and it's big enough
1: you you know it might fall i see so what i did instead though was straight up just drill it into the wall centered above my desk without looking what was like trying to find a stud and and actually oh, yeah. what at the time you're talking to me it is already up there so hell yeah all right never let's mind let's just Fuck hope what I it said. doesn't fall
0: <laughs> that's fair then it's probably fine
1: it's, it's all i'm saying it's, is it's we put up one of yasmin's ish.
0: shelves one of my sister's yeah. shelves and uh you know yeah great did it, did it fall did it actually yeah, it did. holy shit yeah. what was she putting on it though? like nobody was hurt
1: the fucking books <laughs> Mm. Mm, OK, so well, I'll keep this in mind explains. and hopefully I I'm probably just going to put things like keyboards, cables and headphones and stuff, maybe plant. I don't know, man. As well, I've
0: seen I've seen your keyboards, your keyboards. They're fucking heavy. That's at least 65
1: yep. pounds right there. <laughs> well, I guess we'll we'll cross that when it comes to it. Right. Maybe it'll fall, break the monitor. And then that's two things I have to worry about. And maybe they won't so that's cool I, believe in you. I can oh. also like maybe put book stuff, stationary stuff up there, that'd be cool but either way, I'm proud of myself for drilling a hole in the wall and honestly, too, like, it's on a TV it's not going to be the heaviest thing it can probably be fine videos I saw online seem to be okay with just drywall hooks so yeah we'll hope for the best if if it falls and I die and we don't have a Halloween episode that's how, that's how you'll know you know what, I think chances are you
0: won't die but your laptop might, and I'm okay with that. I'm willing to risk your laptop.
1: <laughs> thanks, thanks. You're always so understanding. Hey, no worries, man. all right, so treasure planet uh let's let's hear your surface level thoughts, dog. This is your beautiful choice great. of a movie.
0: I think this movie's great. I think it's like an underrated gem. It
1: doesn't get as much love. As it does or it should. I love it. It's great. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. I had never seen this movie before. So I was I had a good time. I thought I had, maybe, but no, it turns out I haven't. And uh Treasure Planet, pleasantly surprised, I would say, is my description. Dude was expecting a one. Well fucking ugly ass.
0: This guy doesn't trust me, bro. Leander walked in, <laughs> he's like, Oh, here we go again. Another shitty ass animated movie recommended by Hashem. Can't wait to Uh, give it a six.
1: (laughs) Like it's not, it's not a perfect movie, but it's a lot of fun, and I liked it, and I thought it was good. But there are weak parts to it, and I want to talk about them. And judge your choice of movies. There are no weak parts, and you're wrong.
0: You are wrong,
1: (laughs) and you are selfish, and you deserve less. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do you want to just get into it then?
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. Would
1: you recommend people go watch Treasure Planet before this?
0: Yeah, but also you're like damn near 30 years late, so. (laughs) Okay, not not 30 years late. You get what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, 20th anniversary next year though, but yeah. What? Yeah, you're right. You're right. (laughs) Do you feel old now? I do feel fucking old. Holy shit. (laughs) All right. Alright, so let's get into spoilers now. So, turn it off if you want to watch it. Um, okay, so, Treasure Planet. Oh, what's the premise, Hashem? Hit me with that quick description. Alright, so it's essentially
0: a sci-fi retelling of Treasure Island. And the gist <laughs> of it is, there's an old pirate. He has a stashed all of his treasure at a specific planet. Or a specific island in the old one, if you're a fucking bitch like Leander. And this dude finds the map and goes on a quest, a swashbuckling quest uh, to find the island or to find the planet. And on the way, he meets like pirates and, you know, he survives storms. And then turns out the treasure was friendship and growing up and family. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For those of you that don't know, I'm describing
1: One Piece right now. (laughs) Every single pirate story is, like, the same shit over and over again. Do you realize this? Not One Piece. Fuck you. One Piece is literally (laughs) peak fiction. Good thing we're not talking about One Piece, Hashem. I specifically (laughs) chose this movie to talk about One Piece. I like that. But, like, seriously, like, Treasure Island, Treasure Planet, even Pirates of the Caribbean, to some extent, with, like, Curse of the Black Pearl, like, it's not about the treasure they find at the end. Nine times out of ten, they're not hauling treasure chests back onto their, like, ship. Like, none of that shit really matters. And, like, the end of the movie kind of points that out. And I I always hate that. That always bothers me. <laughs> really? Why? It's. it's I- not I'll, that I'll tell you why I'm okay with it, but why? Okay. So, it's not that I'm bothered by, like, the fact that they didn't end up with the treasure. It's I'm bothered by the fact that none of the characters acknowledged that it was a waste. Because, like, it, spoiler, now, I mean, we're in that territory. Treasure Planet... Is like a kind of teenager's version of like a Disney movie. Like, there is dark shit. There is kind of. Whatever, yeah, whatever. Die. Yeah, straight up, a guy falls into a black hole and another one drifts off into empty space. And some fall into the center of a planet. Like, these yeah, are like characters who have speaking lines. And it's not just like off screen or into script or whatever. You see them die. Like, the main character even enacts some of them. Right? But, like,. I think that that... What was I trying to say? that Oh, yeah. The stakes are high, for clearly, for the quests they're going for. They want to find this treasure to do whatever. Any of of the pirates want to do whatever they want with the treasure. But the fact that none of them end up with it, everybody seems somewhat okay with that near the end because, like, I guess they grew as people. But, like, there was actual consequences to their actions. Like, people died. Their ships are in ruins. And, like, it's all kind of just ignored because a man took... Half a handful of treasure off of the, like, wasteland of gold. So, like, yeah, at the end of the movie, they get to the the actual core of the planet, which has all the treasure. And all of it falls into the center of the planet, like the molten core. Except for one handful of gems that someone snags. And they use that to rebuild the inn that they were trying to rebuild by finding Treasure Planet in the first place. So all they needed was a handful. And that's kind of just, like, how they write out the ending and i thought that was like kind of kind of lame kind of lame tbh all right okay i
0: i i get it i understand i don't agree with you all right and the reason why i don't agree with you is because a lot of adventure movies just have like an enticing action or like a goal so to speak Mm -hmm. And half the time, that goal is never reached in the specific way that they want to, right? Um, Yeah. You know, one of the examples would be like Mulan, for example, is technically an adventure movie. And her goal is to save China. And she does. Spoiler alert for Mulan, I guess. (laughs) But, like, at the same time, she grows as a person. She becomes, like, she changes throughout the story. The same with Hercules. He wants to prove his worth to the gods and become a hero. And in the end, he doesn't become a god. He chooses to stay, you know, on Earth. The same mm-hmm. thing happens with this. The same thing happens with, like, the Atlantis movie. The same thing happens with El Dorado, which I don't think you will like El
1: Dorado if you didn't like the way that this movie <laughs> ended. Spoiler alert for El Dorado, I guess. <laughs> I'm spoiling everything. Um, okay, I'm so I, agree. I I know what you're talking about, and it's not an in- uncommon trope in movies for, like, the ending to be subversive in some way. Like, that's, that's pretty bog standard that like if you're questing for gold loot you're not going to end the movie with hauling it all away right but that's not really what i wanted i I mean it would have been cool i think but what i had a problem with was the fact that none of the characters acknowledged how wasteful and like the lives of the people who were affected by ultimately nothing getting accomplished you know what i mean okay like it's I, I, fine because it. Mulan I... saves China, but if people died along the way and then China wasn't saved, for the movie to end without acknowledging the people who died, I think that's a wild thing to happen. I think it's crazy that like the swashbuckling pirate who was against them for most of the movie gets away with it because he just like was friends with the protagonist and like just gets to get on a ship and leave as if there was no consequences. Like, All right. People died from his actions. It's I don't know. It's I understand.
0: I understand. I think the reason why it's not necessarily brushed off, but not addressed, is because it's the same way that people address things in real life, right? Um, obviously you mourn the people that you lose, and obviously they 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 weigh heavy on your conscience. But if a journey makes you ultimately grow. Then you you tend not to focus on the regrets and on the downfalls, right? Am I wrong in okay. saying that? No, no, no. That I think good. that's the, I think that's like the message that a lot of these movies try to send off. If that makes sense. Now, yeah, is that what they should be doing? And is that what a lot of normal people would be doing? Probably not. But I don't know, man. I fuck with it. I fucks with it, as they say.
1: And yeah, like I will grant that end. because. It's supposed to, right? Like, kids' movies don't usually end with some sort of grim, dark, like, burying the fallen sort of shit, right? Like, I, I get that. And I think that it is being kind of harsh. But part of it's coming from a place where I'm I'm not going to rate this movie poorly in my head, but I know it could have been so much better. Like, I think the one of the things that hit me the most after finishing it was that the pacing was... All over the place in the second half. Like I wanna say as soon as Um Like Ben Oh oh, what's the main character's name? Not even Ben, even before that. As soon as as soon as Jim figures out that there's going to be a mutiny on board, right? Then the pace the pacing was good up until that point, right? Where it was like you never to like you're kind of led with hints about what's going on like oh maybe this cook is actually bad maybe he's not playing for the right team or oh maybe like they're going to find the island soon but it's pretty dangerous right after that point it all just happens so quickly like the mutiny happens right after that scene and then they find treasure island immediately after they're held hostage immediately after landing on treasure island they find ben and he's immediately important like it all just came on too quick And I almost wish that it was extended by, like, maybe an hour runtime to give these things, like, time to have the stakes they were meant to have. Because I could not stop thinking that, like, Ben was, like, introduced way too late for me to care about him and finding his memory. And, like, the uh, pirate—what's the main pirate? Bad pirate name? John Silver, maybe? Something like that? Yeah, it is. You're right. Okay, yeah. So— um John Silver's like redemption arc was far too quick and I did not believe it. Like I, I kind of felt like he was closer to being a pirate than he was to being a dad and then at the ending he just went full dad. And I don't okay. know like all these things came I too quickly without to enough build up for me. I have things Okay, to okay. Say. Hit me
0: with I it. 100% disagree with everything that you said except for Ben. Every single thing that you said right now <laughs> I will absolutely disagree with. I'm being No, no, cuz okay. The stakes are outlined in the first twenty minutes. Okay, you know they're looking for Treasure Planet by the ten-minute mark. Basically, when they find the map and they go on the, they they end up on the ship, and you know that yeah. the relationship with Long John Silver is gonna be important the minute that Jim starts to recognize him as the cyborg, and you see him as the, mm-hmm. uh, as the watcher. You see it like his suspicions are confirmed, right? We see them. Jim doesn't yeah. see any confirmation of it until he hears the mutiny, right? As yeah. a viewer, everything makes sense. The suspense is laid out perfectly. You know that they're trying to find the planet. You know that they will reach it eventually. And it takes the entire story or the entire runtime for them to actually see the treasure. Um, and the the what am I trying to say? The redemption arc for John is throughout the entire movie where yeah. you see him softening up and changing and growing as he's interacting with Jim. And he, you see him like hesitate to take specific actions and all of, the, all of his crew telling him that he's becoming soft because he's hanging out with Jim. So I, I absolutely disagree with you and saying that it's rushed, but I will agree with Ben. Ben being introduced in the last 30 minutes is bullshit. Absolute bull- – yeah. I do not care about this man's memories.
1: Especially, especially because of how critical he turned out to be, and but again, yeah, like, these things happen too quickly, right? You build up the entire time that, like, this is why I'm saying the pacing issues are weird, right? You br- introduce this character Ben who has a memory loss, right, and a specific component is gone that is so obviously going to be introduced later, right? You keep mentioning that he can't remember shit, and then in the last five minutes, he remembers there's a booby trap as it's happening. So which makes this whole arc functionally useless. Like it doesn't – that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And like it's the same thing with like the mutiny being a secret, right? The mutiny is a secret up until, uh, you know, Jim figures it out, right? Jim hides in the barrel and figures it out. Immediately after finding it out, they perform the mutiny. So it makes the tension right, because, for not th- – But there's no – But okay, but this is the, the
0: reason why I'm saying that the, the the tension is relieved when Jim finds out, Right. The tension is built up when we know, and none of the other characters do. That's what
1: I'm saying. Because we know there's a mutiny from the start. Yeah, that's fair. I, I just don't. You want the characters to be able to enact some of the act, like like. Okay, if if you're gonna have this reveal, this info reveal to characters who didn't know things, like this dramatic irony that the audience knew and the characters didn't, right? Like with the mutiny, like with the trap, right? At least for me as a viewer, it's satisfying to watch them clue together and figure things out on their own and you know take actions based on those like events that happen right so when he figures out the mutiny i wanted to see what jim would do after the fact but that was kind of robbed because the mutiny just happens because like you know guys walking down the stairs and finds jim
0: right that's what i'm saying so at the start of the movie john tells jim that plans are tend to change right they didn't want to yeah. actually start yeah, the mutiny fair. until they got to the planet, but once John found out that Jim actually discovered that they were, you know, about to have a mutiny, he's like, "Change your plan, boys!" And then they did it. Then because th- this is what I'm saying why, why why I think it's okay because it would have broken John's characterization not to do anything, and it would have been broken Jim's characterization for him not to do anything after finding out as well. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair. I think the mutiny one, I'm I'm a bit harsh on because I I I really wanted to see what would have happened had they had time to prepare and know about the mutiny. I thought that was maybe more you interesting. That you gotta watch just... Treasure
0: Island then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that that would have been like a compelling thing with like two sides acting like they're on the same side of on the same ship, not knowing that the others know or whatever. I think that that's like more compelling. But whatever director's choice, writer's choice of how to do that scene, right? The trap, though, I was so pissed at that. I hated that the thing he remembered happened immediately as he remembered it. I thought yeah, that there was the, no the, payoff there, yeah. and that frustrated me.
0: So, okay, I have two points for the end of the movie. The The first one is Ben. Um, yeah, a lot of the times, like these adventure movies, and specifically Disney movies... Will have like the comic relief, sidekick character, you know what I mean? Yes,
1: like yeah. There's two things. Yeah. There's, I'm I'm gonna agree with you and cut you off, but you can start right after. I just the sure. the cute the the side character who talks a lot and funny. Yes, right. And the cute one who acts really goofy and can't speak English. Those are the two. Morph and they hit both of them. <laughs> Morph was in it, so yeah. Yeah, I got you. I noticed exactly the same thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Those are like, and and th- like, those aren't necessarily a bad thing, right? Um, I think no. a, a really good example is is Frozen. I think Olaf is annoying as fuck, right? But yeah. I also appreciate that he was introduced early on in the movie. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I feel the same way about like uh, like Timon and Pumbaa. Fit the same bill. They're like the goofy side characters that can talk. But they also
1: fit within yep. the narrative uh, much the... earlier,
0: and they have a bigger... Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, oh, no, no. Go on, go on. They, have a, they fit within the narrative, and what? Yeah, so I'm okay with it when
0: it's done well. The reason why I think Ben was forced into it was for two reasons. One, because he's a reference to one of the original characters in Treasure Island. And two, because I think because that staple is so prevalent that Disney is like, you know,
1: we got to have that guy in.
0: You know, can't have no no funny character. You know what
1: I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's fair. I think you're, we both agree though that his introduction was far too late to be invested in. Way too, like, late. Way he, too late. He he was intri- like th- the fact that they landed on Treasure Island. Like I thought that that happened early. Like I was really enjoying the tension being built, and I thought that like I wanted more kind of space hijinks and space adventure, which is why I think when the mutiny happened and they just like kind of teleport to. <laughs> Like the I like treasure planet. I think that bothered me a little bit because I thought there was a lot more interesting stuff to happen on the ship. But granted, they wanted to explore the planet and show like you know that it was in the core and there was a teleporter and all that was cool. The as well, centroid so. of the mechanism. <laughs> yeah, like I, like I think I think I'm like it's tough love sort of situation because I really liked the movie. I really did. It was just like certain choices. I. Didn't enjoy because I thought they could have made a more compelling story if they didn't do them. Like I didn't, okay. I didn't like Ben's character, and yeah, like even even the having to go to the spaceship or go back to the ship to get the map. I was like, oh, that's really interesting because the pirates don't know they have the map now. And then again, as soon as they get the map, they come back down and they already like they're they're already holding the rest of the team hostage. Like they're already holding um, uh, what are, what are their names? I don't remember dr doppler uh, but, oh, and yeah and amelia captain amelia <laughs> captain amelia i don't know who the fuck
0: i forgot yeah. her character's name not gonna lie
1: no nah, you're right though yeah but like you know oh we have to sneak back on board and find them and like yeah that did have an action scene and got that one snake character like creepy crawler character to die and i guess that's reward in itself but like I wanted them to come up with a plan when they got the treasure map and maybe go find it on their own. But then you come back down to the planet and they're already being held hostage. It's like the the villains felt like it was always one step ahead of the, like, protagonist, and you wanted them to, like, prepare or do something subversive, but it really never happened. I don't know.
0: I mean, they, like, I don't know what you mean by subversive. Like, I'll be honest with you. I feel like a lot of the times these movies are very much about like a pull and push between the like the protagonist mm-hmm. and the antagonist it's like the antagonist will figure yes. something out and the protagonist but in this one it's like the, the the antagonist always has the upper hand and it's interesting in my opinion yeah. to see how jim maneuvers through that you know
1: okay okay that's that's very fair cuz i think that that's where the problem arises for me where it's like i want the protagonist to outsmart or have some feature that keeps the antagonist guessing. Like, I guess the reason you kind of watch, like, other movies, action movies, anyone, right? James Bond, for example. You have this, like, suave, you know, spy character. But even if it's not happening on screen presently, the audience has this, like, intuition that they're smarter than the villain. And they're going to get out of whatever trap or, you know, subvert some expectation somehow that the villain has set. You know, it's like Bond always gets out of the the clasps at the last minute. He always saves the girl, whatever that situation is. It's like you expect that to take place. But in this one, it kept feeling like they almost got there. They almost outsmarted them. But then the antagonist just had the upper hand. And the only reason so then, that wait, the protagonist won in the end was because they were kind of given it. Like they spent enough time losing that the antagonists were like, aww. You're like a son to me and then just let them I, win at the end.
0: I, I disagree <laughs> with you personally. And, but the the, the thing I want to just kind of, no, I, because it's like, like you're yeah. saying it's, it's sub, it's not, what are you trying to say? It's not being subversive,
1: right? Yes. Yeah. But like, well, no, just okay. That's fair. I, I, I know where you're going with this, this that I'm it's saying. not subverting <laughs> the expectations of like the genre, but I, yeah, you're right.
0: It's not just that. I also think that and you know me, I'm a fucking sucker for character movies. You know, the plot in my opinion yeah. is a distraction. I want to see the characters go through <laughs> shit and, and change. So, the fact that the the actions and the plot is indirect is directly influenced by the character's growth and the character's progressions is fucking sick to me. Like that's it cinematic gold bro marcus martin scorsese could never
1: okay yeah i i love that i love that too i would have loved to watch like a uh, silver become genuinely closer with the guy like the son i don't know what his name was jim right jimmy uh and for the most part it does like there's that one kind of mtv like music video halfway through the movie on the ship that was fucking hilarious but it's just them getting closer and, you know, more father-son relationshipy, whatever, right? That's very cute and very well shot and, like, it did make me feel things. And I was like, okay, they're genuinely getting closer. But there are scenes after that takes place that completely boggled my mind with how, like, Silver kind of just, like, whiplash changes which side he's on. And I'm not talking about the one where he was like, you know... Uh, in the in the galley or I don't know where the sh- parts of a ship are called. But when he's actually <laughs> talking about the mutiny and he was like, ah, I was just all cap with that kid. Don't worry. I actually don't yeah. like him. Right. Yeah. But I'm talking about when they're negotiating on Treasure Island and he's like, you don't want to mess with me, kid. I'll mess you up. And he's like, I'm not going to let you stomp on me. And he's like, oh, you're going to regret that you have till the end of the day. And it's like, where is this compassion? Where is the compassion you just okay. explained? You had. I don't know.
0: Okay. So here's my here's my take. Yeah. Silver says that he has like a lifelong obsession with this planet, right? He's killed people and he's gone out of his way to make it to this thing. He's only known Jim for a couple of months at maximum because we don't know how long the trip takes. I think uh-huh. the fact that he doesn't just kill him and take the map is enough to show their connection. If that makes sense. Because we've seen him be ruthless and we've seen him not care about any of the other characters. Like, he doesn't have a soft spot when it comes to, like, Doppler and Amelia. He only acts like that with Jim. Right? And even at the end, he gives up the treasure, the lifelong obsession for Jim. Now, look, I'm not saying that this movie is the only movie to ever do the father-son shit. But I think it's done in such a way where i find it to be believable but i also find it to Mm -hmm. be a little bit jarring that he gives up all everything for the kid and you're saying the opposite that's why i'm like like genuinely confused right now
1: wait um what i'm i'm saying that i think the character at the end felt closer to being a villain than a good guy and i thought the fact oh never mind we agree yeah i i agree i agree with what you're saying right i'm just the the problem i'm having is that like it keeps flip-flopping right where you have scenes where it looks like they're genuinely together and it's sweet and nice like that music video right and then yeah you have him like explaining no jim i didn't mean that whatever you heard i genuinely thought that right but a lot of it is like also he's being the hostage negotiator he's being the like terrorist that's attacking them sort of thing like he holds them all hostage and tells him like hey open the map and then jim has to be the one to be like you can't get rid of me that easily i'm gonna do this and it's because you know the man would have actually silver would have actually gotten rid of jim if he knew how to use the map like that is what you're led to believe. You're not led to believe that he would have like taken him with him anyway. It's like, oh, the only reason we're bringing no, Jim he wouldn't along have taken him with him, right? That's what I'm I saying. Agree. He so it's like, but the he point, wouldn't have killed him. The character at that saying. moment, yeah, exactly. The, but the character at that moment seemed like on the aggressive side of things, not like this compassionate dad character. And then nothing really led me to believe that he had a massive change of faith until the very last moment when he was just like, actually, yeah, let's save the kid. And it, it it felt it felt weird, like mainly unearned. But I'm not saying the movie couldn't have done it. That's why I wanted like an extra hour in the runtime, or thirty minutes or whatever, because it like it was a good movie. I, I agree. But Twenty you minutes. You have to build cool. those sort of changes up a little slower. And I think closer to the end, it kind of just full steam ahead with plot, and the characters got a little left behind. Yeah. That being said, I don't know. Jim is consistent and great. Amelia is consistent and great. The crew amazing great all the characters pretty much except silver are the only ones like silver is the only one i had problems with essentially okay all right so have you seen the original treasure island i have not no is this supposed Do to be like an homage about... to it or something it's literally
0: a remake it's a sci-fi remake of it the the main characters in treasure island are jim hawkins and john silver like it's literally the same movie. oh it's shit just set wait in no spit. i read this yeah. book I you've think I read 100% book. One hundred percent read the book. Yeah, you've definitely read the book. Okay. It's like it's like in high school. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think, and this movie isn't a remake. It's not a direct remake, which is why I'm I'm saying this now. But, which is why I, I I I enjoy this movie more than I enjoy Treasure Island, and more than I enjoy like the book and the fucking Muppets show. That's the direct. Uh, <laughs> what am I trying to say? Adaptation of it. And the reason I do is because it makes small changes that make the characters infinitely better, in my opinion. And one of the biggest changes is that Jim doesn't have a father. Like, his dad walked out on them in this one, in Treasure Planet. And so he has a void that needs to be filled, like the father figure. John steps into that, right? So there is a more natural reason for them to get closer throughout the movie and a more natural reason for Jim and John to act the way that they do towards each other. In the original movie, Jim has a father who dies halfway through like, you know, 30 minutes in. So he doesn't need a father figure like stand in, so to speak. And so in the original book, mm-hmm. whenever Jim and John do favors for each other, it's about owing each other. One of them will save the other's life and it go, it goes like back and forth like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That
1: I think does this make is great. sense. And that's why I, I think
0: I, this is why think, this I is why I'm saying like
1: more complex characters as well.
0: 100%. Um, there was another thing that I remember. Also, you Jim is more gloomy like, this is, in this. This, this is way. why I'm saying. Jimmy's more gloomy in this movie, and I love me some fucking edgy teen boys, bro. <laughs> yeah,
1: like I, I will agree like. I don't remember much of Treasure Island and the movie or the book or any of that, right? But the characters are interesting and they're, like, well-written and I thought for, like, the amount of care that goes into them, I was just surprised with how quickly and weirdly they played with Silver. Like, that was the only one. And And the other ones are great. Like, I think Jim's motivations are great and the Doppler's consistently this, like, arrogant douche- is good um i do have kind of problems with the inclusion of a romance subplot but i feel like you can't get out of a disney movie without (laughs) something like that so and not even a disney movie just a movie yeah no i'm i'm like i appreciate that it wasn't jim like i'll
0: be honest with with all things Mm -hmm. considered they could have easily just put like one of the pirates to be a girl or some shit and he falls in love with her or whatever yeah i'm glad they didn't do that (laughs) Yeah,
1: no, you're, definitely. But it was a little, like, on the nose. You have, like, oh, the cat fill for the dog. It's like, okay. Like, I get it. Bro, like, you, you z- just z- hate cats. Building. You don't got to do the walls. shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's it's cute, and I, I like the movie. There was just parts of it. That And I'm always going to say that. Like, I, I, I the, the movie's good. Uh, so I, I don't... Maybe if you're good to move on to a different section, I want to talk about the visuals of this movie because that is all fucking good in my eyes. That was amazing. I this did. movie looks I phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: It's, this, if I'm remembering correctly, is the most expensive uh, traditionally animated movie ever. And the reason for that is because all of the – or not all of them, but the majority of the the ship is 3D computer-generated and also Mm -hmm. silver's hand and leg are also computer generated superimposed onto 2d and i watched a really really interesting video explaining how it like the entire movie like cost them an extra 60 million dollars just to get that 3d animation software like working properly i don't know bro it's fucking great
1: no and i like it i noticed it like it was it was amazing. Like, i had never seen it before. And when I compare it to things like the 2D animation classics, Aladdin, Mulan, like, those yeah. sorts of uh, older movies, they're they're nowhere near as fluid and, like, pretty to watch as, as this movie. And maybe it's because I'm into the whole, like, aesthetic, this, like, cyber-space-punk sort of deal, Pirates. That's, like, very cool. Yeah. Just like little shit, like how the windows had all screens and you could just change it from being rainy to being bright meadow. Like, but they don't have TV. The idea of that, <laughs> yeah, right. And like, or or the fact that they're even using a pirate ship that's open air, but it's using solar sails as the sails. Like, that's so hype. I mean, fuck, dude, a star explodes in a supernova and they jump out of a black hole at one point. It's like fuck the science. Um, I thought that was amazing to watch. <laughs> hell yeah. There's um okay so. I have
0: two things to talk about. The aesthetic and the, like, actual execution. And I hope you'll bear with me because I, yeah. I have a lot of information about this movie because I fucking love it. Dude, hit um, me with it. I want to hear it. So, you know how, like, Disney has their, like, eras where it's like, you know, you have, like, the Golden Age, Silver Age, the Renaissance, and then post-Renaissance? So, okay. in the Renaissance, they ha- they, like, started to, like improve and change their techniques so it's like the lion king aladdin uh i think it was the little mermaid too but the one i want to focus on is tarzan because that's the first time they actually use 3d generated images in a movie and so if you have you watched Mm -hmm. tarzan yep yeah so the scenes with him like sliding on the vines and shit and like swinging uh that's all 3d generated so they have the 3d generated locations and they hand draw tarzan What the fuck? Why would I say like that? Tarzan (laughs) swinging across them and doing his shit. And that's only for 10 minutes of the movie. So then you move on to this movie where they did all of that for the entirety of the ship and for every single time uh, John Silver and Ben are on the screen, which I think is absolutely phenomenal. And I genuinely didn't fucking notice half the time. Mm -hmm. So that just goes to show how good it was. I just like animation. I really do.
1: No, and, and, like, I'm, I'm saying, it's totally valid. Like, I got on a tangent in my last thing about, like, the aesthetics because of that was cool. But literally, like, the 3D models yeah. being integrated was something I definitely picked up on. Like, you can tell by the, even the perspectives that they choose uh-huh. to take with the camera, there's a scene that's first person. Yeah. <laughs> and it's wild. It's like, I was not expecting that. <laughs> but I thought that was so interesting because you're getting, like, the geometry of the room and you know where the characters are and all that. And... This is not something that people do in 2D animation. That's, like, not a common... You you don't geometrically lay out the shape of the ship and the rooms and, like... My God, the the fucking... How cool his arm is. Silver's arm is incredibly cool. And it's well done (laughs) literally every time it's on screen with how it switches between, like, knives and spoons and a flamethrower and a sword and a gun. It's, like, incredible to watch. And, like... The mixture between two D and three D is seamless. Like I don't think if you weren't really looking to try and guess, hey, is that a three D model or is that a drawn image? You'd be able to tell. But it's just extremely like more fluid and more detailed and more like dynamic than you'd expect from a two D animation. So that like, is
0: a really good word. One hundred percent.
1: Yeah, like they made parts move that you wouldn't really expect animators to think about moving And uh, I'm not an animator, but, like, it just seemed like a lot. Like, especially whenever the gears turned in uh, Silver's hand. Like, that shit looked incredible. (laughs) Yeah. The sci-fi elements of the movie are really well done. And, like, I guess because I wasn't thinking of Treasure Island or conventional pirate tales, really, throughout the movie. Like, I was kind of trying to watch it as its own thing and not seeing, like, oh... This is all just an analog, like, oh, that's a palm tree, but it's a space palm tree. I was kind of like, let's just go on this adventure. Let's see where it goes, right? And they leaned into that. They didn't, this is a reference like, to Citizen Kane. Right? Like, I, w- I wasn't looking for the sort of pirate default things, like a treasure map with a, written on paper and all that shit. So when they made sci-fi elements of that stuff, like, instead of choppy waters and a tsunami, it was fucking astronomical events. And, like, the map isn't just a printed yeah. sheet of paper, even though they have menus and whatever there. No, it's like, it's a hologram. It's a hologram, and it's 3D, and it walks around the planet. Like, that shit was very, very cool and very interesting, and, like, I guess refreshing in a way because it felt this unique version of, like, or this, it felt like a unique story because I've never seen anything like that, like, this voyage through space that's so animated yet classic. And I, I appreciated it. Yeah. So, okay. I'm going to drop some nuggets of
0: knowledge over here. This movie from sound design to uh, location design to character design was, was all done with the idea of like the 70-30 rule. And I, what I mean by that is they took 70% everything that they designed was 70% like classic 1700s and 30% futuristic that's why if you look at anything it feels more classic than it does sci-fi you don't have a spaceship you have an actual ship with blasters on the back you get Mm -hmm. what i'm saying yeah and even the music is like some of it is like swashbuckling and really old-timey and shit but then other parts of it will be like pop music and fucking just like music you listen to on the radio now or like you know for contemporary times I felt like a lot of two. a lot
1: of um, Jim's character moments had kind of um, headbanger-y type music angsty teen but like generic yeah. sounding angsty teen yeah. music but like I thought that was very interesting because it doesn't yeah. match the time era or whatever that they're supposed to be portraying but you totally get the vibe that he is just an angsty teen like if he could, he'd be wearing a hoodie all the time. I 100% agree. <laughs> it's great. It's a
0: really good movie. I I really like and I the, the idea of like the 30 70 30 is very like new to me or I'd mm-hmm. never thought of it before. You know what this is? It it feels like and I don't know if this is the right word. It feels like refined steampunk if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. But that, that's what I'm saying, where it felt like it's such a unique aesthetic. Like, I, I've never seen something like this before. And though the, the story is just kind of bare bones pirate, whatever. Like, it's always a quest for treasure, blah, blah, blah. Like, the spin they took on all the aspects of it was so compelling. Because I didn't know, like, oh, what's that technology yeah. even do? What are they? Like, I, I don't know. It, it's just, I thought it was, like. I really had a good time with it. You know what though? Uh this isn't related to the aesthetic, but I, I kind of thinking back to like the beginning of the movie, there's um I guess this is aesthetic for the movie. There's a moment where you're finally seeing Jim and uh Jim Jim and Silver. You're finally seeing Jim and Silver getting close. And I mentioned it earlier, they have this okay. weird MTV music video halfway through, right? Did you that feel in place to you?
0: I thought it was like I think this song was a little bit out of place, but I understand what they were going for so it was essentially like they didn't want to show us them going through it It was a montage it was a friendship montage if you will
1: hmm yeah i I agree I agree I think that that is the music part though that that threw me off the most because like it was a weird stylistic choice to have like all this great writing and great story and character building moments that you've established up until now kind of just be done away with with a quick montage like it builds up their whole history granted but i think if you heard been able to maybe hear them doing some of this stuff or maybe interact with other crew Talking, members yeah. or like i think it could have been better but like as a stylistic choice to have this full-length song play out in the middle of the movie I was yeah, just, yeah yeah I was surprised, and I I wasn't exactly I happy with it, but yeah. I think if it was a score, like a
0: musical score with nobody singing on top of it, and it was just them interacting and doing shit, I would have been okay with that.
1: Mm-hmm. Or maybe if it had even been shorter, because like it it was a good chunk of like how you build their history, and I would have liked to see more like dialogue and whatever yeah. between them rather than just like the start and the finish, and everything else was just overlaid with like melodramatic kind of. <laughs> teen music or whatever teen angst
0: brother that's my shit that's my <laughs> shit also i forgot to mention yeah. i think this is the movie that made me you know i'm a big fan of milfs because of this movie <laughs> i don't know what it is bro i don't know what it is
1: dude she's so sad the what entire film she's like oh god like my that business so hot <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> i thought i thought that her husband <laughs> would come back I thought that her husband would be the pirate who is dead underground or whatever. Uh, The fucking treasure guy? Yeah, whatever the Blackbeard of this world was. I thought it'd be him or something like that. I don't remember what his name is, not going to lie. Flint? Yeah, probably. That sounds right. But either way, it's like, I, I guess that subverted expectations. I thought the dad would matter more, but I guess in the end it doesn't. And it was progressive in that way, like you know, we have a female captain, but only one female character. That's it. It's like I thought it was good, ish, at that stuff. That was fine. Is this the feminism section of the movie or the podcast? This (laughs) this is where I'm not saying I'm crit. Like I'm saying it's not. It's not good at it. It's not explicitly like a good one. Right? It Doesn't do anything really stand out ish. But it wasn't bad, especially for when it came out. I feel like I agree yeah the cast was all entirely male or whatever but like and yeah there is a pointless love interest plot but like i guess i'm only i'm just let's not even give it credit let's just say the explicit fact that yes the captain was a woman and they did intentionally play that as a moment like hey you expected it to be a man so reevaluate that and i appreciated that moment and that's it no more points for this movie i (laughs) thought it was good <laughs> RIP Mr. Stone or
0: whatever the fuck his name is.
1: Yeah, man died. How, okay, see this is where at another point where it's like how how am I going to be okay with letting the, the the leader of this like clan of murderer pirates just go away free because he hugged a boy at the end of the movie. I can't do that. Because he didn't tell them to kill what's his face. But it was, it was going the fucking to happen. Like, insect guy and he died. He has partial responsibility regardless. He is the leader of them. That's how it works.
0: Yeah, but
1: still, bro. He gave Jim <laughs> a hug. I'm perfectly okay with him going free. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Everybody knows everybody knows if you're nice to the local orphan, then you can't go to prison. It's just like science. Like what do you want yeah. me to say? We call it the Christmas Carol
1: effect. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, though, like, I'm going to give this movie, like, infinite points just for how fucking cool it was and how much it made me feel like a little tiny boy. Like, fuck, dude, I want a surf jet that's powered by, like, fire or an engine or something, a thruster. It looks so cool. And especially at the end of the movie, like, this is just my fan, fan voice moment. When he grinded it on the side of the falling panels of the planet... To, to reignite, reignite it, it, that was so sick. That was so sick. That was like, I got yeah. chills. Yeah, very
0: cool. Okay, so this is. I don't feel. I feel like people don't talk about this a lot when it comes to animation. Yeah, I genuinely think the transitions in this movie are fucking sick as fuck. I didn't notice like, any. What, which, you, you, what part you remember? There's did you a. Notice? The at the at the very start. At the very start, there's there's two main transitions at the start of the movie that I like genuinely stick out in my mind. There's the transition between like him reading the book and him on the glider. Oh, right, yeah, I don't I can't think of another one. <laughs> Maybe it's just one <laughs> <laughs> No,
1: but that's still a fair amount like okay, Either way I that think, shit was sick.
0: yeah, like like I think that is right, sorry, sorry, sorry. The other one was uh, when baby Jim is reading the book, and it's like
1: they're holograms or whatever. okay, so they're I both the, they're cool. both at the start though. So both of those around the same point literally at the very start yeah yeah that's fair I mean yeah. honestly the transitions in animated movies aren't something I even really take notice of so maybe I'll just try and pay attention to that like going forward because I, I feel like I want to be able to appreciate animation more but without hearing from people or learning from people who actually know what they're talking about point out the things that you should look for like it's hard to figure out those important bits you know I don't know what to look for in animation without hearing people talk about it. So transitions, the next shit I'm going to look for. Ones and twos, no fucking clue. But transitions, I got that. Ones and twos, someone will have to
0: tell you in my experience. Like I feel like like you can't really tell from like the
1: actual movie. I think animators kind of know the difference between that stuff, but definitely not me. Like watching it, no way I can tell the difference.
0: Yeah, but they're fucking nerds, bro honestly that's like that's like people that play music that will like listen to a song and they're like oh that's a fucking g minor
1: get the fuck out of here nobody likes you bro (laughs) the music in that movie was so overbearing it's like fuck i didn't hear any of it like i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) don't get off your high horse (laughs) that's that that's us hating people smarter than us wait wait wait. you got to give me a minute
0: to gush okay go for it i like that this movie opens with like a monologue. You know what I'm saying? Someone like narrating or narration, not monologue. Because a lot of Disney movies have that, right? And it's usually like an omniscient presence that's just kind of telling the story. But I love that in this movie, it's just Jim reading his book and then there's no narration for the rest of the movie. Like they give reason to the narration that usually occurs in Disney movies. Also, I am a huge, huge fan of... Jim being like the way that he is because I feel like if they made him like a plucky, happy-go-lucky kid, even though his father left, I would be very pissed about that. Also, Jim (laughs) and John's relationship, I know we talk about it a lot, but I just want to say, big fan, love that shit. Keep it up, Disney. Yo, please make this thing again. Please, I'm begging you. I know it's a box office plot flop. Please make a sequel. I am begging you, bro.
1: Please. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You're funny. I I agree Sorry. with what you're saying though. I did like Sorry. I did like that it was clever with how they introduced the narration. But you also have to take in that yeah. the narration at the start did not matter. It wasn't even narrating a story that's taking place. Absolutely not. I guess it kind of established that treasure Planet 100%. was a thing. I just liked it. But that's about it. And I guess yeah, I guess it did do its job. Then I'm not just saying, saying the was... characters weren't relevant. But yeah, I'm saying it was like tongue in cheek. Yeah, it was tongue in cheek, and I think that's that's a, a fair statement. I I like that inclusion. And I also did very much appreciate the fact that Jim wasn't just a boring, like, blanket Disney character who's always just kind of cheery or funny or whatever. Like, this mu- yeah. this movie had genuine funny moments, but it didn't come from, like, wacky shit. It was, like, literally clever things like the people said. Like, the cops coming in and, like, not knowing the law yeah. of, of that they were arresting the guy for, they were arresting Jim for, and Jim correcting them. And he them. knows it. Like, <laughs> it. It's just like, and, and there was some other interactions between those police officer robots that I thought was really funny. And, like, even on board on the ship, like, the kind of uh, introduction of Morph being the soup spoon and Like, I thought that was fun. Like, a lot of the moments in the movie are just genuinely, yeah. uniquely funny and not just oh wow Olaf yeah. made himself into a sandcastle but it's snowing like none of that shit <laughs> and i love frozen this is why i'm saying ben
0: is the, arguably the weakest part of the movie because he fits that he's like the whimsical character yeah. that like fits the plot but they're essentially just there to crack
1: jokes and be funny by being stupid yeah those are the two low moments it's got to be ben And the fart crewmate. Oh, I was not a fan of him, no. No. That was that was not a
0: good call either. But yeah. You know what I actually did think was sorry, before I forget, was a really funny scene was when they were getting onto the lifeboat. Like when they were chasing them, and the doctor shoots the chandelier. And she's like, Did you mean to hit that? And he's like, You know I
1: actually did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Literally. I think I think that's hilarious. I also really like that this douchebag kind of Sheldon Cooper type person is like, I'm smarter than everybody. Keeps getting told like twice in the movie by the start. He was getting told by women that he didn't know what he was doing and to bug off. Like, remember when he tried to step in on the cops? Yeah. Well, like he cut off uh, Jim's mom from speaking and then was like, actually, I can help out here. And then they were like, fuck off, dude. And he's like, oh, OK, OK. And then Jim's mom <laughs> takes over. Same thing happened with Amelia, and I thought that was great. Yeah. It's like, put this motherfucker in his place. Degree who? Yeah, fuck nerds, bro. I hate nerds. Yeah, seriously, hate nerds. Bullying nerds is okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You got my you, thumbs up, bro. Seal of approval. <laughs> All right. Do you want to rate it? Or unless you have any last points you want to. No, I just. I think it's. This is
0: more of a, a negative point, but. I think it's a real shame that this movie didn't do as well as it did. And I think, like, Disney is partially to blame for that, which makes me kind of sad.
1: Yeah, like the fact that I I looked up and there was a second one that was planned and it was ultimately canceled, I believe. So it never came yeah. out. Yeah. Well,
0: it's because... So essentially, this movie wasn't supposed to get released this late, right? Um, Because it came out after, like, Ice Age and uh like toy story so all of these movies that were 3d animated uh were, were like picking up and so everybody was hyped about that shit and that's why there was such a big push to 3d animate a lot of it but it also made the movie much much more expensive than it needed to be mm-hmm. and disney shot itself in the foot because they didn't market this movie at all and if you see like disney marketing for other things it's virtually everywhere yet this movie i i, I i'm i've I'm told I wasn't there uh was marketed really really poorly. And so they essentially hedged their bets and said fuck it, let's kill this movie now and just move right into uh 3D animation and call it a day. And that makes me very upset because it's a genuinely good movie and what a, from from what I've read about the what like you know the supposed sequel, that would have been really good too.
1: Yeah. I guess it would have been like an interesting thing to see, but ultimately like The movie got made, and I'm happy with how it is. And, like, do I want a sequel? It would be cool, maybe. Visually interesting, for sure. But, like, I don't know what plot I really want to know out of these characters anymore. So, personally, I'm not really too attached to it. Like, yeah, I want more of the same, almost. But they didn't leave it very open-ended. They're just going to do something with the dad. And that's probably where they were going to take it. And I'm not really interested in that side of the plot. You know, like they found Treasure Planet. How are you going to call it Treasure Planet? That's
0: probably fair, actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I'm happy that this movie got made because it showed me what you can accomplish with fucking like 3D animation mixed with 2D. I think that that's very cool. Yeah. 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 Okay. So do you want to rate it? Let's do it. What's the item? What's Um, the MacGuffin of this movie?
0: I think we got to.
1: It's either going to be morph or the the map. We can't make it a physical human... Not human. We can't make it an entity, a real thing. Person? Yeah. person. So we can do, make it Ben. Is Morph a person? Can we say that? Morph is a person. Fuck you. <laughs> let's go with it then. Let's go with... Uh, wait, what did you say? What's the second one that wasn't Morph? I said map. The map? Okay, let's go with the map. Like that the map? Good. I don't know what to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's just say maps. Let's just say holographic maps okay i'm gonna give it an 11
0: out of 12 holographic maps
1: holy shit 11 out of 12
0: god damn son i really like this movie how much of that i really like this movie genuinely though how much of that is nostalgia not not at all because i absolutely enjoyed myself all hour 30 minutes that i watched i watched it like today yeah okay
1: that's fair yeah okay um well uh well, for my rating, um, it's going to be a... Six out of ten? Seven. <laughs> you motherfucker. It's not I knew it.
0: I, I knew it. It's great. It's a, Leander will give nothing over a six, bro. He will give nothing over a six. I swear to God. I I s- we're going to watch Citizen Kane, and Leander's going to be just like... I gave hmm, it a seven. Four out of ten. <laughs> yeah? What is a seven in, in averages? In if
1: we keep if we keep translating it to fucking at base 10 or whatever, then what's the point of having our system be out of 12? Why do we do this?
0: I think we should have a breakdown of the system. So each point is an individual good thing that the movie has done, like cinematography and lighting or some
1: shit. Mm-hmm. We can do that. That way it'll make sense. If we organize it into categories, then we'll have things <laughs> to look for while we watch. But I, I would definitely need to take notes at that point. So... But I would, I would also be down to do that, bro. Just use your brain. Fuck off. I, you could think I could just off the cuff talk about the lighting in this movie. <laughs> I would just say, oh, there were pretty colors at this Hell moment. Yeah. Like I don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, fair. yeah. So I'm I'm giving it a seven. My reasons are like I, I stated them like when I went on that rant at the start of the show, where it's like the story is kind of eh, like pirates kind of basic you can predict it pretty much beat for beat uh the characters are interesting but not outwardly like better than any other disney movies that i've seen like i don't know luca frozen tangled to name a few right like and that's a different standard whatever yeah luca's great you should watch luca if you haven't luca luca has really really interesting characters like genuine personalities that aren't don't really feel like other i don't know disney movies but regardless whatever right um my favorite disney character is chicken little so just you know take what i say with a grain of salt (laughs) hell yeah but sorry the the thing that i think gives it the most points and that i almost want to give it like 8 out of 12 for is the visuals are absolutely incredible it's like a feast for your eyes so yeah i think you should i think you should give it an 8 out of 12 Yeah, but I I didn't, so it's- I think you should bump it up. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, sorry. I think you should bump it up. (laughs) I would almost do it, but no. I think the visuals are just that good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, maybe, maybe even an extra point on top of that, just because I didn't know space pirates as a genre that I was into. An aesthetic that I craved. I want diagonal windows that can turn into like a field. That seems so cool. Alas. That would be really cool. I live in the 21st century anyway <laughs> <laughs> all right so Hashim, do you know what next week is from the time of publishing halloween what did you say sorry Ooh. oh i thought i heard halloween that. yeah it's halloween buddy so we got to do our double feature special as we do every halloween that is to yeah. say once before i want to hear your recommendation because i know you're gonna spit in my face when i give mine okay So, I came up with my recommendation just, like, minutes before we started the show, and it is Mm -hmm. Scream, the original one. If you haven't seen it, Scream is a great horror movie that is, in itself, a satire of horror movies. And I think it'll be a fun watch if you haven't seen it before, Mm -hmm. and even if you have, it'll be fun prep for the new Scream movie that's coming out, like, 2022, or maybe this year, actually. Maybe might be this year. I can't wait to not watch it. <laughs> it it's. I think you're going to hate it. Like, I genuinely, if you don't like horror movies, I think you're going to hate it. But I appreciate it for how just much it influenced what people think of as horror movies. Like, beat for beat, it'll feel like every horror movie you've heard of. And the reason for that is because every horror movie you've heard of, like, is a template of Scream.
0: I always assumed... Okay, I'll give my recommend. Uh, – we'll talk about it during. But I – my recommendation is, and I'm hoping this isn't what you gave last week because I switched <laughs> it, uh, Hocus Pocus. Yo, no! Is that what you guessed? Yeah. Fuck. God damn it. God damn it!
1: Okay, listeners at home, there is no shenanigans going on behind the screens. I just fucking nailed that. I nailed that. I absolutely nailed that. That was (laughs) phenomenal. This shit's recorded.
0: I'm sorry. I thought you were gonna guess. I thought, I thought you were gonna guess Nightmare Before Christmas. No. That's why I was gonna give that last week, but I switched after you said you were gonna guess it, (laughs) motherfucker. From downtown, dude. Guys, this is, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. This is the last
1: episode of the podcast. I will never be here again. <laughs> All right. Well, if you see a tweet when we publish this episode that follows up, maybe I reply to the tweet next Sunday with "Hashim as little bitch boy because I, I I absolutely nailed that, and I'm so happy. Anyway, make sure you retweet that, everybody. Yeah. And you could find that on our Twitters. At Jump Cut FM is a podcast Twitter. At Lee and her is my Twitter. Yeah. At the Hash is Hashem's Twitter, and our editor at Default Bird. also at Blue Moon Paper and Blue Moon Paper on Etsy and finding stationary goods and yeah, just a whole bunch of goodies. So check that mm. shit out. Hashem, hit us with our hit, hit us with our final thought, good. the last thing, little bit of advice you want to give to the audience before we sign off. You know the one we do every week. My little bit of advice for this week is, um,
0: you know i don't know wait i'm trying to think of something like generic enough that everybody can apply oh don't it. worry
1: this part will be cut out there's no way uh, it really is. oh so no one will hear it always always take a water bottle out on a walk <laughs> might get thirsty. like it's supposed to be like just who knows? just generic enough that it could be a proverb if you think about it hard enough but also specific to the people who take it literally yeah. i appreciate that nice like never yeah. water a moist plant. Like that sounds like you know, something. Never water a moist plant. Always salt your vegetables. <laughs> that Try it shit. before you salt it. All these great little quips. Great great <laughs> advice. <laughs> salt to taste, all that shit. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, it's been, been real. real.